Welcome to the Lead Team Podcast. Every week, the Lead Team at Tate Springs will review our Sunday services, everything from the message to worship and whatever else comes to our minds. Let's dive in. All right, well, welcome to another Lead Team Podcast. We're excited to have another opportunity to sit and just kind of reflect on Sunday. And today we have Curtis in Houston here with us. And so how are you guys doing? Doing good. Houston, I'm I'm most interested in how you are doing after (laughs) not just moving here um, recently, but starting this whole year off with a new job, new house, and then D now's here. And uh, so how are you feeling, man? I'm good, tired, but uh, being on the other side of things, I'm like, okay, awesome. Uh, get one more night's rest, and I'm sure I'll be rearing and ready <laughs> and to go. And you're young enough to, to so bounce back. back. Oh, when yeah. you get like Curtis, when you get my age, and especially <laughs> Curtis's age, <laughs> you're like, oh man, it's well, just it takes like it takes a good couple of weeks to yeah. recover. I mean, think about this. I did half as much work as he did this weekend, and I'm five times more tired. I, <laughs> I know. guarantee. I, I've noticed Curtis is just kind of wandering through the halls like a walking dead zombie, yes. you know? And, uh, and Houston's just kind of like, he's spry. So anyways, yeah. So man, um, like I said yesterday, super proud of the weekend. I, I was able to come for a little bit of it and was just very blessed by it. Thank you. Um, I did say, I did tell, I'm going to tell the listeners, I did tell Houston, even though he's not responsible, that I was really upset that it was planned on NBA All-Star Weekend. Like that is, did y'all not, look at the schedule and i mean super bowl weekend's okay valentine weekend is okay but nba all-star man i mean that's just that's a no you know i'll confess when we were putting out our schedule and working on it last march somehow uh had nba posted their their all-star game yet by then they hadn't released the schedule for that's the true year. Yeah. So actually, it's their fault for being so far behind. In it's disorder. usually around Valentine's, but if, the Super if the Bowl. NBA was just as organized as <laughs> as, as our are. ministry here, then, <laughs> then we could have hey, actually was, planned around. I was just sitting here looking at JJ Redick, who's one of my favorite players of all time, Duke player, played on the Mavericks, and he was complaining. And I I thought this. He said, "How come it says eight starts at eight, but tip off isn't until like eight forty seven? Yeah. So like I thought. I had missed a lot of it. Well, I, st- I turned it on. I was like, they are just start. They actually hadn't started. Yeah. I was like, man, I've missed half wow. the game. Every NBA game now, though. Yeah. Every NBA game starts like 30, 45 It's wild. Late. It's, it's wild. not a concert. You're not the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> it's not. You shouldn't wait that long. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, um, you know, I know that this is a weird year because, you know, like the Super Bowl seemed a little later. Easter seems very early. Yeah, very early. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the people who developed the calendar, but they need to get it together. Yeah, we need to <laughs> we need to talk to those people. Yeah, I need to talk to them. Give them a piece of my mind. Anyways. You should let them know when Christmas needs to happen. Yeah, exactly. So, like December 25th. So what? Like Houston's so organized, he already knows he already when Christmas, knows Christmas is going to be Man, look at you. Like he's thinking... I bet he even knows when Christmas is going to be in 2020. Do you know what? Wait, let me ask you. Yeah. Do you know when Christmas Eve this year is, though? December 24th. Gosh. Wow. I mean, this My guy mind is, is blown. Did we realize we'd gotten somebody so sharp when we when we brought Houston on? Man. <laughs> Man. Well, anyways, well, we want to jump in. So uh, yesterday was our D Now uh, service. We always, you know, try to have uh, someone related to the family ministry um, or the D Now speaker, depending uh, who preaches and. We have uh, leadership in the worship that's heavily influenced by that. But just to let me say this, let me plug. We uh, 
because of our philosophy here at the church, we don't like to have youth Sunday or children's Sunday. And you may say, well, that's man, that's awful. You have, you know, you ought to highlight those. That's the point. We highlight those, those ministries every Sunday. So mm-hmm. uh, our philosophy here is that we're, we would be concerned, uh, the heart and the idea of a children's Sunday or a youth Sunday is really good. But what it does, um, if you're not careful is it says, Hey youth, you're not really part of the church right now, but we're going to give you, we're going to do you solid and give you a, give you a day. But what we do, if you look on, in fact, I was looking at the YouTube stream this morning and I was looking at the choir and I was like, mm-hmm. man, look, we have young people in the student ministry, young people, even the children's ministry represented there on a weekly basis. And, uh, and so our D now service, we always try, we have it more influenced, but really it's for the most part, another normal Sunday. And so if you ever wonder about that, um, then that's uh, the thinking that goes on behind that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's actually just a concept that permeates everything we do in ministry. Mm -hmm. It's that instead of giving our young people token ministry opportunities, we want to give them real, genuine, ongoing ministry op- opportunities yeah. and the ability to be able to minister continually instead of just like, oh, you know, you can do this one yeah, and, and then maybe you'll get to do another one. But instead, and this is something that, you know, our worship ministry has been so great as utilizing our young people and letting them grow. Yeah, uh, as, yeah as it's they discipleship. Learn. So, yeah, and it's different than like. Also, when you have a youth-led service, it becomes less about the worship and more about the performance. It's more about, hey, I'm going to sit here and really just watch today and evaluate. And But when you have people who are participating in it as it's a lifestyle, I really do think it, it makes a difference. And so it's part of us trying to push back against the stats that we've yeah. seen. Well, and even with like Kids Choir, which will, they'll start practicing next Sunday night, Kendra and I were just talking recently about how much we want the kids, instead of when the kids get up there for everybody to say, oh, we're going to stop and watch the kids for the actual, the kids to actually be able to help lead us out in worship. Yeah. Um, and, and be engaged in that way. And that's something we really want to see. We don't want it. We don't want it to be so unusual. Yeah. That we just stare, stop and stare, even though kids are cute and we like to stare at them. I get it. Yeah. Well, hopefully that's a little bit of background insight. Uh, if you've, uh, if you're, you know, part of the church and kind of wonder what our, our philosophy and mindset is with all that. Now let's jump into our two questions. So what was the, you know, the most meaningful moment in, in Sunday service for you guys? I know what mine was. I think I know what you're going to say. And so I don't want (laughs) to, even though it was a highly memorable moment for me as well. Uh, when I stood up to applaud Luka Doncic, right? That's what you're thinking. <laughs> no, even though that, I did like that. That was good. And I commend the new staff member for acknowledging Luka Doncic, to, despite the fact that he's not yet a big NBA fan. But we will change Hey, him. we changed Jason. Yeah. So we Jason now him. watches basketball. I mean, he had yeah. no interest. So so anyway, what I would say is um, there were a couple of really neat spots. But one of the things that I loved, and, and it was something in your message that you didn't you, you talked about a lot of different things. You didn't necessarily highlight this, but you emphasized it when you were reading it in scripture and it just jumped, jumped out at me. And that was when you're referencing uh, Moses, the faith in Moses life. And he, you talked about Moses parents yeah. and about how it was the faith of Moses parents that, that, that drove them to, to take Moses aside and protect him for that time period and do that. And I just love the idea. Nobody ever says anything about Moses parents, but it's like realizing, I guess, from a parental standpoint, realizing as parents, 
Yeah. You know, what if, what if you have the opportunity, what if we treat our kids as if they're the next Moses, you know, and that's really, that's what we should be doing. Cause they, they could be, and maybe even should be that, you know, they should have that kind of faith and everything, but there was the faith of Moses parents that, that empowered and enabled such a powerful figure in our faith, um, in our faith history and, and, and throughout everything we've, we've gone through, we look back at Moses over and over and over. So I just, I really liked that you emphasized that and kind of pulled that out as you were talking about the importance of faith. And the key there though is, so what we don't want listeners to think is, you know, that like, so with my son, justice, you know, I don't, uh, what Curtis isn't saying is that I should look at justice as like the next, and I'm being serious. I know this is, this sounds silly, but what we're not saying is, well, I should look at justice as the next Michael Jordan or whatever. Um, I mean, he, he could, any, any child could be the next president because there's gotta be someone, the next basketball star that, but what, what Curtis is not saying is we ought to look at our kids and treat them as if, you know, there, there's something special in that way. What we're saying is that, there is an element of which a child um, has the opportunity to become someone who is a leader like Moses when parents are in the background. And and if you think about it, Moses' parents weren't protecting him that way because they, they knew he was Moses right, that right, we know. They right. were doing it because of their faith in God. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the point that we're making. And I would echo that what Curtis is saying is that we don't know what our children, what God's going to do with our children, but we know who the God is that wants to do something with their children. Yeah. And so we want to live in faith and in fear. Uh, and, and that's what they were doing there in Exodus. I mean, in Exodus, they were essentially, this is how I've taught it. Uh, Pharaoh wanted them to abort their kids. Yeah. They wanted, yeah. they said, go and basically uh, it was, it was a horrible thing because it wasn't just mm. abortion in the womb, which yeah. is already horrendous. It was, Hey, when they're born and we're still dealing with that same issue today in our yeah. culture he wanted them to, to abort them once they were born at murder and uh and these these hebrew midwives wouldn't allow it and moses's uh, parents wouldn't put up with it and so uh well, they and, believed in life and it's actually what you said in your message you said something about you know they 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 their faith in god was bigger than their fear yeah of yeah. of you know persecution yeah well, that's, that's good huge. i think that's a good that's a good response yeah. to that well, i know well, you preached houston but yeah well one thing that actually jumped out to me uh and, and i kind of laughed a little bit uh and, and smiled at the end because it, this didn't jump out to me whenever i was preparing but uh hebrews 12 1 through 3 i kind of viewed as the so what so you're supposed to live by faith you're a citizen of heaven uh by faith all of these saints lived their lives and were approved by God. So what does that mean? You lay aside every hindrance, you lay aside every sin that easily ensnares us. Uh, But then whenever I got down for the joy that lay before him, Mm -hmm. the joy that Jesus had to endure the cross, but because he knew that he was going to reconcile us, uh, that word joy jumped out at me. Uh, I actually could tell that when you're preaching. Yeah. Yeah. As a preacher, I was like, oh, he, he's like excited about something he's realizing in the moment or thinking about it right. the that, he, that he didn't necessarily prepare for. And those are the best. Yeah, well, that yeah. happened to you like two weeks ago, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. I can't remember what the situation was. Uh, was, I was it was the, the connection between the dust at the oh, beginning. Yeah, the dust. When I was like, oh, wow, I didn't think about, you know. So, uh, but that that's fun because it's it gives a freshness to it. Like, right. What, because when you're preparing a sermon, you you've rehearsed it and you know it so well that it can almost come across like you're not excited about it because you're 
you're familiar with it. When in reality, we are excited. We're just yeah. trying to make sure we're, that was good, man. So for me, it was probably what you're thinking. Uh, that's, uh, I loved everything about the service. It was, um, had a, a, a lot of young people there and just a, a good energy and all that. But, uh, I really loved the introduction of the song. Um, it was finished upon the cross. Yeah. That was such a beautiful song. And one of those songs that I love, which sounds like an old hymn, yeah. but it has a new vibe to it. Um, kind of like a Stuart Townend song. Um, but, and I, and Lexi, man, she's growing and mm -hmm. just watching her mature and grow and seeing someone who has come, you know, come to know Jesus and, and be, been developed and now in school, it was, those are the sweet moments that I have as yeah. a pastor watching, not only like being able to worship, but being led by people that you've seen grow in their faith here at the church. It, it's just, there's nothing like it. So, uh, what about action? Uh, second question, what about action steps? So what do we, what can we take or what did you take away from yesterday's service that you can, you know, go out into the world and, and, uh, and do, and, uh, maybe this will be encouraging to some listeners. Yeah. I mean, I'll answer since you preached and you asked the question, <laughs> um, because I think you already told us what to do, but no, for me, the challenge, I mean, just that passage, it's, it is an inspiring, it's an inspiring passage. I mean, it's why it's in there is this amazing example of, of the big story. And so this weekend, D-Now's focus was actually discover your part in God's story, which is, you know, what we talk about as a church. Yeah, yeah trademark. <laughs> um, and so we just called it discover because, you know, that was cool. But um, no, the cool kids would have just been the disc. The disc. Yeah. It, gotta abbreviate it, no, the abbreviation. it would have been D-S-C-V-R. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. No. I, Why didn't yeah. you do that? The graphics guy should have made the graphics yeah, that way. I, I didn't yeah. think about it. Till now. But uh, <laughs> so the, the material all weekend focused on the story of Joseph and like how he was discovering his part in God's story. Like he thought the story was about him. He had to learn the story wasn't about him, you know, different things like that. But one of my favorite parts in the study for the weekend was when uh, it says, you know, so when we read Joseph's story, it's not, you, you could say this isn't really Joseph's story. This is actually just a continuation of Isaac's story, which is really just a continuation of Abraham's story, mm -hmm. which is really all just a predecessor to David's story or to Jesus' story. But and, that, and that's tied to, theologically, that's tied to the covenants, I mm -hmm. think. You yeah, could say absolutely. that all these stories are happening within, you know, this thread that God has embedded in creation's history known as the covenants, which starts yeah. with the creation covenant and it goes all the way to the new covenant. And all those stories are really s surrounding that. Yeah. And yeah. so I looked at it and I, and I, you know, in the message you were preaching after having been through that study, you know, in, in seeing the big picture, it was like you were zooming out for us with this and saying, you know, all of these by faith, by faith, by faith throughout this whole chapter is showing it's all part of God's story. It's mm -hmm. not their story. Their story they, they got a sentence. They got a verse right. about them it, because they're just one verse in the story yeah. that's God's story. And I think that that's, you know, the, the, the action for me is the, the continual realization that God's called me to do something. He has a purpose for me. He has a desire of something that he wants me to fulfill in my life, in my journey of, of maturing in him and those kinds of things. And that that's, that I never, never see what all the results are. Like Moses' parents, I doubt ever saw Moses become Moses the way we know him. The last they knew of Moses, 
was probably when he was still in Pharaoh's house because there's no sign that they were around when Moses came back to the children of Israel. So like they, that's an interesting insight sometimes when you think about it. Yeah. Like, it hit me. It, I had studied theology for probably a decade. And one day I was like, whatever happened to Joseph? Yeah. Not Joseph in the old Testament, like Jesus. Yeah. I just thought he just, we, we don't ever get an ending to that. And it's because he played his part exactly. in God in God's story. Story is never about Joseph. He played mm -hmm. his part in God's story, which is about Jesus. Played his part, and then you know, the story moved on. Yeah, which means your excessively important role, you mm -hmm. you may never and probably will never know the. Listen, importance if of it. if we don't, if Joseph doesn't get a concluding scene, who are we to think? <laughs> yeah. If Jesus, his own dad, doesn't really get that, you know, that final act, <laughs> that final scene, then who are we to think? And I'm being serious about yeah. that. Uh, that's one thing I think that it, I think the phrase discover your part in God's story, it, it helps us to understand in a, in a society that really is about narrating our own stories through social media. Uh, we, we, we walk around these little devices that point a camera at us and we're telling the whole world about what we're eating, what we're doing, what we're wearing. And, and it really is. I mean, you see people with a camera out somewhere and they're narrating their own story. And while in and of itself, you could say, well, that there's nothing necessarily inherently wrong with that, but it does tend to cultivate your mind to think that God is part of your story rather than us yeah. supposed to be being right. a part of his. So, Well, and, and what I love about the fact that we are a smaller part of God's story is because our hope is so much larger, right? If, mm -hmm. if we were the main character, like society treats most people, they say, you know, you're the main character of your own story. The greatest hope you have is a comfortable, nice life. Mm -hmm. And that's a very, very shallow hope. And that's a hope that can be dashed in one instant mm -hmm. uh, by stock market crashes or, yep. mm -hmm. or death or, you know, like today we had a funeral and yep. the loved one uh, was someone that spent a lot of time here. And then mm -hmm. it, and I, I told Curtis this earlier, it kind of hit me as I was walking through the foyer and the casket was just there in the foyer and the family and loved ones are next door eating food. It's just like, this is what happens in, in the world is you live, you spend your energy and your time and, and then, you know, the world moves on, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's gotta be something beyond what, what we have here in this life. Right. You know? Um, yeah. I think when I think about Hebrews 11 and 12, which is obviously a, just a renowned passage, it's hard it's hard after you've studied theology for a long time to come to those cherished passages with fresh eyes. Yeah. You really have to work hard to get there. Um, and I thought yesterday was a really refreshing experience with mm -hmm. it. And, uh, and I just love the passages. And I think you, you did a good job bringing this out. Uh, the most significant insight I've seen in, in Hebrews 11, uh, for whatever reason, growing up, I used to always think, oh man, these were great lives of faith. And a few years ago, really, I learned, no, they were great acts of faith mm. um, because it's a the, it's not that these guys were perfect. It's that right. the, these the, it's not like this Hall of Fame where it's about the people. It's yeah. a, it's really a hall of faith. It's a hall of acts of faith, not a hall yeah. of fame for people. And that was really uh, enlightening to me um, because, again, it puts all the puts all the the weight on on the gift of faith that comes from God, not on our ability. And so the action for us really is just to know that, Hey, God, God is the one who has given us this gift. And are we going to live lives of great acts of faith for him? The kind where, and I love that verse, 
Um, you know, they lived lives and some of them even were martyred for their faith and the world wasn't even worthy of them. Right. Like that verse yeah. gives me goosebumps and, and causes me to tear up every time I read that, because I think, are we living, are we living that kind of life today? Yeah. And, uh, it's convicting. It's convicting. So, well, man, like I said, great job. Thank, Thank you for preaching. It's good to have, um, it's good to pastor a church where there are people who, you know, can just kind of fill the pulpit where you don't have to worry and uh, and you get excited to show up and it's a blessing. So grateful for both of you guys in that respect. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in today. Uh, this is another Lead Team podcast. We'll uh, continue uh, this podcast as we work our way through Win in Rome. So we'll look forward to seeing you guys next week. God bless you. Thanks for listening. At Tate Springs, we want to help you discover your part in God's story. Connect with us at tatesprings.com. We'll see you next time.